this evening. Let's uh, speed it up just a little bit and let's sing that song, uh, I Go to the Rock, My Salvation. So I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. sinking sand on Christ the solid rock I stand when I need a shelter when I need a friend I go to the rock oh I go to the rock of my salvation go to the stone that the builders rejected run to the mountains and the mountain stands by me Like a stream running down It makes me feel so happy Oh, happy as can be And when I think of Jesus And what He's done for me There is something More than gold in my soul Yes, there's something More than gold Oh, yes, oh
something in my heart like a stream running down it makes me feel so happy happy as can be and when i think of jesus and what he's done for me there is something more than gold in my soul yes there's something here except for one um, for uh, Annabelle and uh, Julia who are sick they're not with us but the rest of the prayer requests uh, Brother Barry has he's going to bring those to you all this evening when he comes Uh, but we are still going to open up in a word of prayer and I know there's a lot of unspoken needs among us and so just by the lifting of your hand the Lord knows that need Uh, I know that uh, it's it's busy time of year and uh, you know where I work I work at hospital and you see so many cases of people coming in sick and they're tired and there's a lot of what seems like hopeless cases and I've said it up here before and I can always say it that I'm glad that I've got somewhere I can go and that we can go somewhere especially in the hecticness of this time of year and uh, you know it's supposed to be about uh, a simple event but it 
eventually becomes something much bigger and complicated. So, but it's always nice to just be able to take a step back and just, you know, talk to the one that it's really about. So, uh, with that being said, I'm going to have Brother Aaron come up and uh, open the service in a word of prayer. Father, we come to you humbly tonight, Lord, recognizing that we are mortal beings. We, we, we were made, created from the earth, and we are part of this earth. And Lord, we live on dead substance. There is nothing in us, Lord. We are hopeless without you, O oh God. We come here, Lord, recognizing our insufficiency. We come here tonight knowing that there is nothing good in us, knowing that there is nothing good in our hearts. There is nothing good in our minds except what you did for us on Calvary. We come here, Lord, laying our burdens before you. We come here, Lord, laying our souls before you. Lord, accepting and surrendering to you. Father, all our problems, Lord, we are surrendering them to you tonight. Lord Jesus Christ, many of your children, some that couldn't be here tonight in the prayer request that has been read. Father, we are just trusting in you that you would come and meet with each and every need tonight. Father, we know that you gave us a weapon that we could pray. You said, if my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and they shall confess their sins, I, the Lord, shall hear from heaven. Tonight, Lord, we come confessing our sins to you. We come confessing, confessing our iniquities to you. We are recognizing, Lord, that, Father, we are useless. We are nobodies. Without God, Israel is just like any other nation. Without you, Father, we are not different from any other person in this earth. You are the one that makes the difference. May you come tonight and minister, Father, to us. And come, Father, and just pour the spirit of grace and supplication. May you just come, Father, and anoint each and every one of your children, Lord, to give us, Father, the burden to pray, to, to break the shackles of Laodicea, Lord, of formality, of coldness, of just getting weary and giving up. Help us, Father. We need, Lord God, your touch from you. We believe, Lord, and we accept that, Father, you have already done this for us. For there is no one that can come unless you have called him. Anoint the minister tonight. We commit the congregation into your hands. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. We're going to sing just a couple of songs here before Brother Barry comes. I'm uh, not going to take too much time, but... Uh, in uh, the spirit of this time of year, I figured we'd sing a couple of uh, seasonal uh, songs this evening. Can you pull up uh, Manger of My Heart? It was a tiny, simple stable, all beaten and worn. Hardly the place for a king to be born. He didn't choose some place special to reveal his majesty. So I know if I'll give him control, he'll be born in me. So In the manger of my heart 
house of clay and molded every day let your word be born in the I'm nothing, not much to behold, unlikely a place for God's word to unfold. But if I'll just yield this vessel and let him have his way from glory to glory. He'll change me every day, so let your word be born in the manger of my heart. Let it live in me, let it start. Live inside this house of clay. Sing of peace on earth. 
ushers, if you would come forward at this time, we'll take up our tithes and offering. Just as Brother Barry comes, let's sing uh, Consume Me, Lord. So consume me, Lord, with the fire of your spirit. Consume me,
sanctify this time in your presence, Lord, and just focus our thoughts upon you. We give you our every need. We give you our every concern and burden. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would push back every contrary spirit and may your Holy Spirit take preeminence tonight. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Take your Bible while you're standing and if you could pull up my uh, slide there tonight, if you will. Colossians chapter 4, and we'd like to read just a, a verse there tonight, just for a little context. Colossians, the fourth chapter. Paul writes these words in Colossians the fourth. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. May the Lord add his blessing. You may be seated. We welcome all of you to the house of the Lord tonight. This is going to be a little bit different. Not that difference is a bad thing, but I'm just warning you it's going to be a little bit different. This is just us, okay, and the people who are uh, watching, obviously, and streaming uh, here tonight because we have a number of our church uh, assembly who are not here and following along on, online. But this is just us, and so I want to speak casually, and I want to speak just very simply tonight and dedicate most of this service to a little time of prayer and uh, I floated that uh, email out today uh, mentioning that we had prayer requests, and I have two pages of prayer requests here. Many of them are unspoken, but I'll, I'll just uh, reserve those until we go to prayer tonight. And, uh, you know, we live in times where uh, there's a great need uh, for God on your side. There's a great need for God in your life. There's a great need for the presence of God to guide you and make decisions because it's very easy to become influenced in another way. And so we want to be, uh, remain sensitive to God. And sometimes it's just good to push everything back and say, you know what, especially right now, right now in our time, in the end of December, 
Uh, there's lots and lots of things that occupy our, our, our minds. There's lots of things that occupy our schedule. Uh, but it's nice to push everything back and just say, Lord, you matter most. Uh, you count above everything else. And we just want to say tonight, we love you and we are dependent on you. And uh, there's none, uh, none like you. And so we want to do that tonight. Uh, in, in terms of uh, needing to pray, I thought this was interesting. There was a, uh, I saw this story, this western rancher had asked uh, a bunch of Texans, they'd asked the district superintendent of their church to assign a new pastor, and he asked him, he said, well, how big a man do you want? And the rancher replied, he said, well, we're not really overly particular, but when he's on his knees, we'd like him to reach heaven. <clears throat> so continuing in prayer is essential. It is, uh, it is an important thing. And it doesn't hurt for us to remind ourselves that that's the avenue or the channel we have to God. There's some important things that we could say also about the fact that uh, we have to make sure that our channels remain open because you can clog up the flu, you can clog up the, the channel. And uh, it's important for us to make sure that we don't do that. How we treat our wife as a husband can block uh, God answering prayer. Uh, the attitude in our home and the atmosphere in our home can also block our channels to God. And so we want to make sure that we keep those channels open and uh, making sure that we always have that uh, communion with God and praying that God would stir in us that we would always have that desire to have that communion with God. Because sometimes the busyness of life and the affairs of life can overtake that and we can become indifferent or we can become uh, you know, insensitive to uh, his presence in our lives. And w what we find out from a prophet is that uh, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He doesn't barge his way in. He doesn't force his way upon you. But he waits, and many times he wants to be called as a high priest into action on your behalf. He has everything we have need of, but he is waiting for you to ask. Prayer is the way we do that. And so when Paul writes, continue in prayer, he says we needed to be devoted to that. <coughs> Excuse me, that's what that phrase means. To be devoted, to be constant, to be steadfastly attentive, and to give unremitting care to a thing, to continue all the time in a place, to preserve and not to faint, but to be in constant readiness. So that kind of embraces the idea of all the time. Now, we're obviously not on our knees all the time. We're not all the time, uh, you know, in a quiet place like we'd like to be. But uh, it, it is important for us, I think, to be mindful of God. Brother Brandon makes this statement. He said, Lord, on one occasion, and I love this prayer. He said, it was said by thy beloved uh, disciples, teach us to pray. <clears throat> For when we catch sight of the great God of heaven, we do realize how insufficient we are. How many would agree? So teach us, Lord, to pray in our hearts now for the things that would be beneficiary to thy kingdom and for thy servants. Thou knowest the need of every person in here. We would pray, Lord, that while the service is going on, that the tape is, or the tape is being played, or whatever position we're in, our condition, may the great God of heaven honor this sincerity of our hearts, heal the needy, and give to them what they have need of. Brother Bram was, uh, you know, a, a prophet and a man who's so, so close to God, but yet recognized his need of God in a constant way, and taught us to pray in a sense in the same way as Jesus taught his disciples when he said. Uh, Jesus said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father which art in heaven. And I, you know, we could say a lot about the Lord's Prayer, but just let me say two quick things. Number one, 
When we say, our Father which art in heaven, we're addressing a God who is there and asking him to operate here. Right? Lord, we know you're there. We believe you exist in that dimension. And we believe that uh, you hear us, even you know, despite the, uh, the limitations that we have of sight and all the rest of it. But Lord, we're asking you to move here. Not, we know that things operate according to your principles over there. But now we're asking for you to operate over here. And he said, when you pray, say this, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means that we're going to separate something. We're going we're to treat something as special. We're going to set it aside because it's not ordinary. And, and Jesus said, when you pray and you approach God, you need to say, hallowed be thy name. There is no name under heaven like your name. There is no power in any other name except the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is, there is a, a sacredness about God and his presence and his name. Uh, you know, comedians mock him. Uh, people take his name in vain. There's all kinds of things that people assume don't matter about the name of God. To us, it's a very special and a very, very precious thing. And we should make sure we tell our children exactly the same thing, that the name of God is a very powerful and a precious thing. And, and Jesus told the disciples, now Jesus didn't pray this way, he couldn't do that, but he told the disciples to pray this way, say, hallowed be thy name. Now, if I could bring it down on a real simple level to help you understand this, we have, in our house, we have uh, dishes that, uh, and I heard somebody else say this, so I thought it was really interesting, that we have dishes in our house that we use every day. And they're, they're the dishes that the kids will reach for. When our grandkids come, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll reach for those dishes. And everybody's allowed to have access to them. Everybody's allowed to use them. Everybody's allowed to wash them. Everybody's allowed to handle them, right? They are, they are the dishes. They are accessible to everybody. They're within reach for everybody. And that's normal. But you know what? In our house, there's a special room that's dedicated to only one thing. And that's eating. And that's our dining room. And in that dining room, there is a case that we, uh, a, a cupboard that we uh, got years ago. And uh, <clears throat> we got it when we had our 25th wedding anniversary because we wanted to put certain special things in there that we bought for our 25th wedding anniversary. We bought them, our, you know, Sister Becky and I bought them together uh, for uh, just for uh, uh, a momentum, just a memento and uh, a special thing. And there's a certain kind of dishes that also are in that cabinet. And those dishes are, <clears throat> I guess what I would uh, summarize and say, those dishes are hallowed. So if our grandkids go reach for those dishes, you know what? They're spanked soundly by someone else besides me or Sister Becky and sent somewhere uh, because not everybody can touch those dishes. They are separate. They are precious. They are uh, many. Listen, I've washed a lot of dishes in my life. Because I'm, I'm just that kind of a husband. And, and yet, there are some dishes in our house that I don't even get to wash. There are some dishes in our house that are, that are separate, precious, and Sister Becky will take those out and handle them with care. She knows where every one of them came from. She knows which relative gave them or left them to her or she purchased in a certain place or whatever else. And that's a very special thing to her. And I see the women here uh, looking at me like, yeah, duh, you know, that's the way it should be. And these dishes are not in the cupboard, so they're not accessible to everybody. They're not available to everybody. We don't want everybody to use those. Those are separate. They are hallowed. So that's the idea, that when Jesus said, 
pray, he said, pray this way. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So when we come as a congregation tonight to pray for the needs that I have written here and the ones that I don't have written here, I think we should come recognizing that the name of God is a hallowed thing, a very special thing, and not something to be handled lightly, not something that we handle just loosely like the common things of life, but it's a, it's a, a preparation in our hearts and minds to come into his presence and realize we're actually talking to the King of Kings, the creator of the universe, the one who's able to answer your need, and the one who knows about your need even before you come with it tonight. <clears throat> I thought this was interesting. We often hear that prayer, and if you look on the bottom, Lord, I lay me down to sleep. Sometimes it's the first thing we teach our kids to, to pray. Lord, I lay me down to sleep, and if I die before I wake, I pray the, that Christ my soul will take. Now, I never liked that prayer because I thought it was kind of rough. But I want you to look at the whole prayer. And this is an old English prayer, and I'm not one for writing down prayers and reciting them, but look at the whole thing, and this is the way it was originally written. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, bless the bed that I lay on. Before I lay me down to sleep, I give my soul to Christ to keep. Four corners to my bed, four angels there are spread, two to foot and two to head, two to carry me when I'm dead. If I, I go by sea, I go by land, the Lord made me his right hand. And if any danger comes to me, sweet Jesus Christ, deliver me. He's the branch, I'm the flower. Pray God, send me a happy hour. And if I die before I wake, I pray that Christ my soul will take the idea or the, 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 the thought is that <clears throat> there, there comes a place where uh, it's important for us to ask God to bless our food, to bless our actions and so forth. But there comes a place where God will bring every body and sometimes every family to where you have nowhere else to turn but him. You have nowhere else to go but to him. And I think sometimes we underestimate, we underestimate and partly... Because of our preaching, I would have to say this, that partly because of our preaching, we, 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 in a sense, we put ourselves in a place where we think, well, we're the bride of Christ. And you know what? We have a certain power and we have a certain uh, eternality about us and we have a certain authority about us as the bride of Jesus Christ. And in a sense, it's sometimes uh, a shock for many people to realize in this earthly body, in this earthly circumstance, in this earthly situation that we find ourselves in and still in, there, there comes a place and there comes a time where you realize, you know what, Lord, I've run out of answers and I've run out of places to go. And I just need your help now to proceed any further. There's a roadblock here ahead of me that I can't fix. There's a situation that I can't untie and I need your help in doing that. And I believe sometimes that God actually allows those things to happen in our lives because we can become complacent about realizing he is our all in all. Not that God delights in our suffering, but I think that God knows it's needful for us to be reminded of our great need of him. Brother Branham used an example this way. <clears throat> he said, if we study what we're doing when we're going to get married, we choose our wife or husband, a man should pray earnestly for he could ruin his entire life. There are some decisions that are easily answered, some decisions that are easily made by grabbing a concordance. But there's other things that are going to be life-changing. Your life is never going to be the same again. And <clears throat> I was speaking to a young couple who's going to have a, they're going to have a, they're expecting a child recently, and I was just, you know, chatting with them about that. And, you know, they were, just, they were talking about 
potentially how their life is never going to be the same. And I said, it never, it never will. It'll never go back to the way it was. Because I said, even after nine months and even after uh, 25 years when they grow up and eventually get married and move out and so forth, and, you know, you finally get the boxes out that they accumulated over all those years, then, you know, you, you still have a connection with them. A normal family still has connection with their family that are spread out. And then they have grandchildren. And then you're reconnected all over again. And I said, there's, there's really no going back on certain decisions. So when it comes to a decision like this, making a decision about marriage, it's something that we really want to pull the stops out and not be guided by our emotions. But that's a very hard thing to do. Because a, a young man or a young woman who are excited about you know, getting to know one another and looking like, well, this may be the one, uh, that is exciting. But I will tell you that uh, it's important to rise above the emotional part of that and good luck in doing that. That's why you need to have parents and pastors and so forth, people on your team who will pray for you. Because it's very difficult to be neutral, and that's the best way to pray. It's very difficult to be neutral in a situation like that, because you've got every nerve ending firing off and thinking, wow, this is, you know, this is a, uh, an amazing thing. So Brother Branham said, remember the vows until death do we part. And he said he could ruin his life by making a wrong choice. But if he knows he's making the wrong choice and he's marrying a woman that isn't fit to be his wife... He does it anyway. It's, it's his fault. He said, if the woman takes a husband and knows that he's not fit to be a husband to you, then that's your own fault after you know what's right and wrong. So you shouldn't do it until you thoroughly pray through. Shouldn't do it until you thoroughly pray through and have a real peace about this decision because there's no going back. There's no repenting of that decision. Brother Branham uh, talks about this, and Jesus did the same thing about getting alone to pray. It's good to be alone. Matthew 14, the straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up in a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Now, this is not just the practice of Jesus. Look at what Brother Branham said. There's something about getting alone to yourself. Many people never pray until they come to church. And think the only place to pray is at church. But the Bible said for men to pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. I'm only going to be a minute more now, so just hang on. He says, and when we get by ourselves, we usually pray different than if we pray in church. It's the secret prayer that Jesus spoke of. Enter ye into a secret closet and close the door. And when ye have did so, pray that your Father who sees in secret, he that seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So how God answers your prayer in a public way is, is dependent on what happens in a private setting. They are connected. And when we're praying like that, seems to be something to the prayer that takes all the hypocrisy out of it. And it seems like that we get in a better connection with God to get alone. Many times in my life, perhaps in your life, you just have to get alone once in a while with Jesus. And I think it's a good thing for us as an assembly to get together, even you know, with just a smaller group that we have tonight, but to get together and publicly pray. I think that's a good thing. But you know what? And, and I, I think there's strength when we all pray together. There's a strength that happens when we all pray together, and I think that's a good thing. And we're going to lay hands on some of, some of the folks tonight that have requested to do that. But I, I think that the most effective kind of prayer is the kind of prayer that, uh, that happens when it's just you and God. And you don't have to uh, appear to be anything to anyone. You don't have to sound a certain way to anyone. You're not, you're not guided by the form of a service or the length of time in a service or whatever else. You know, it's just you and God. And you can just be yourself. 
I've told you before, I'm a writer. I like to uh, get a pad of paper and I, I take a pen and I'll write out things. And even when I'm praying, you know, when your mind goes all over the place? You ever, you ever had that? You kneel by the side of your bed and your mind goes all over the place and you're remembering things that, that uh, you seemingly don't matter. Uh, sometimes, sometimes they don't matter. But there are times when God will bring to your mind things that you needed to remember. And with me, I write those things down right away, and I'll put them on there because sometimes that's the Holy Spirit bringing things back to your memory uh, that you need to have. And I have those experiences when I'm alone, not when I'm in a crowd. My best inspiration comes when I'm alone, and I'm sitting at my desk, and it's quiet. And, and even though it's only me and Sister Becky there in our house, most, most often I'll take my headphones that are noise cancelers, and I'll put them on just to make sure there are no external noises at all because I want to make sure I capture and maximize that alone and quiet time with God. And that's just the way I'm built. That's just, some people, you watch them in Starbucks and they're sitting there with the place full and music going and customers coming and going. And they're doing their assignments there. And I'm, I feel like going up to them and say, that's impossible. You're a, you're a fake. That's not, you can't do that. But they do it anyway. Brother Branham said, <clears throat> in thinking on our ways, he said, and remember now, this is the human side of things. Here's Brother Branham now, and he's out, he's out hunting, and he's in the mountains, and he said, and I stopped perspiring. He said, I am standing by my deer again. You remember he was, he was in the mountains and had shot the deer, hung the deer on a tree, and he said, I'm going to head back now to where my, uh, where my cabin is because my wife and child were in the cabin. And the snow was starting, and he was going to head back down there. And he said, <clears throat> all of a sudden, I spotted that deer hanging in the tree again after walking through the woods. And he said, I come back right around to it, and I did it three times. He's convinced he's moving in the right direction. And he comes back to the same deer, same spot, three times in a row. And he said, I seen I was lost, but I didn't want to admit it. And he said, that's the way human beings are, and they don't want to admit they're wrong. So here's a prophet now telling us this, that there, there are many times when we don't feel like we could possibly go wrong. And then he realizes three times he is wrong. You remember how he got out of this situation? Brother Bram said, the only thing I could do, he said, was I realized I was in a death march and my wife and, and child were depending on me. And he said, I just put my hands in the air and I walked through the snowstorm and, and just walking through the woods. And he said, when I did, he said, my hand struck the wire that was coming from the, from the pole that ran all the way down to his cabin. He said, I realized that's the wire that's going to connect me to the cabin. And he held on to that wire and walked down the hill and got to the place where his wife and, and child were. And so it's in that state of dependency and surrender that very often we meet God and we get the right answers. Not in the, not in the feeling that, well, hey, we're the bride. We don't need to pray and we don't need to wait on God and we don't need to study. We don't need to uh, pursue God at all. Uh, we're, we're predestinated and sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So he's not going to forsake me. He said he'd never leave me. So I'm good. That's not what Brother Bram's teaching us here. He's teaching us that we have a dependency on God. And he said, there's no doubt men and women here, he said, out in radio land, that's not right with God, but you don't want to admit it, and you're covering it up by going to church. I read that right. He said, you're covering it up by going to church and saying some kind of a prayer or a creed, but that isn't getting right with God. Being born again, being the son or a daughter of God, that's God's requirement, and you want to be right with him. 
So you can go through the motions here, but that's not the same as actually having an experience with God. In perseverance, he said, Jesus said when he passed through the pool of Bethesda, he knew a man had an infirmity for 38 years. And he said, look, about 2,000 people standing there. And he said, the babies and the lame and the halt and so forth. And Jesus passed through, looked around, full of love and full of compassion. We don't know what love, see, we don't know what love means. We take it on the human side. We look at it in a natural, from a natural perspective. Full of compassion, sure. And he said, you're talking human compassion, but real compassion is to do the will of God. And that's what Jesus did. He walked right in and dealt with one person who was there. Now, we would look at it and say, well, look, there's healing available for all. And that is true. But he was there to do the will of God, right? He was following what his father was telling him. And in order to follow that, in a situation where common sense and compassion would seem to dictate the the necessity of healing everybody, he still followed God's will. And I will tell you, that strength to be able to do that in the face of what everybody else is expecting comes by having a communion with God. Do you understand what I just said? You can look at a situation and it can seem like, well, that's what I should do. But yet he's there doing the will of God. And the strength to do the will of God in the face of everybody expecting you to do something else comes with your communion with God. It comes with your relationship with God. It doesn't come because uh, common sense will tell you, because Brother Bram said on the human side, you can interpret things a certain way, and you're, you're full of natural compassion here. Now, <clears throat> likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. I'm glad for that. I'm really glad for that. My wife tells a story many times of, uh, I've heard her tell this story of being in New Zealand years ago when she was a young girl, teenager. And she said in the morning she'd be wakened up by Brother Sidney Jackson. They were at a, doing a convention at Brother Reg Searle's church. And uh, some of you, if you're an old timer, you'd remember that name. And Brother uh, Sister Becky was there and her father and uh, Brother Sidney Jackson was there also at the same meeting. And Brother Sidney Jackson was a friend of Brother Brandon from South Africa. And uh, she said she'd be wakened in the morning, like 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning, by Brother Jackson groaning and travailing in prayer. She said she, he was the person who epitomized this groaning and travailing in prayer more than anyone else she's ever heard. And she said they had a little trailer out in the backyard where they were staying. And Brother Jackson would get in there early in the morning and begin to pray. And he had this alone time with God. But he would enter into this groaning and moaning and travailing with, with, with the Lord. And she said it got so loud, he'd wake up everybody around the neighborhood. Because he, 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 just, he, I mean, he just was so lost in the spirit when that happened. And Paul also writes, he said, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, <clears throat> let me give you two statements here. And then we're going to stop here and we're going to just look to the Lord in prayer. In the sermon, Moses, Brother Branham said, Now, divine healing died out for a while here a few years ago. He said it just let down as it happens through the age and history. It's let down so often. And during this time, cancer broke out. Sickness in the church breaks out. Medical science, he said, I salute them. They do great things. They make medicine to sell, but in the phase we got today, <coughs> excuse me, the best doctors we ever had, we got the best hospitals, we got the best drugs we ever practiced with, but we got more sickness than we ever have because we got more 
unbelief that we've ever had. So even with the best medicines and the best technology, and that technology has certainly surpassed that today, we still have more sickness and more, more uh, pathology today in our world because we have more unbelief. So it isn't just medicine that makes people well. It isn't just technology that helps people to be uh, in better health. There's, a, there's an attitude, there's an atmosphere of belief that also contributes to it. He said exactly, he said, God's the healer. And did you ever notice, he said, right in the days when we got all these fine drugs and operations and surgeons, constantly they're building infirmaries for the incurable. And there never was nothing, listen, and there never was nothing that ever became our, before our master Jesus, but what he, was, what he was more than a match for it. And there's no incurables to him. All things are possible. Brother Keith, there is no incurable to God. I believe that. I don't always understand how it works. So whether it's diabetes or whether it's high blood pressure or whatever condition that you have, there's nothing that's incurable to God. All things are possible. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then there's nothing too incurable for him. I think that's a good quote to remember. I think that's a good thing for us to keep in mind, that with God there's, there's nothing that's incurable. Now, let's add to that quote this one here. Sirs, when we see Jesus in 1954, there's no beauty that we should desire him. And he was talking about the frailty of Jesus physically, but he had great power because he had that communion with God. And Martha said to Jesus, Yes, Lord, I believe you're the Christ that was coming to the world, Son of God. I believe, <coughs> excuse me, Lazarus will come forth. He said, There's a brokenhearted woman wanting something and patiently standing before master of circumstance, saying, Every hope is gone, but in you there's nothing too far gone. You're the son of God. There's a broken-hearted woman wanting something, but patiently, and Lazarus had just died, right? Lazarus had just died. You know, he was uh, at a point where he was uh, passing away. Tuberculosis is what he had. And there's a broken-hearted woman wanting something, patiently standing before the master of circumstance and saying, every hope is gone, but in you, there's nothing too far gone. I don't know what your particular situation is here tonight. And there, there, you know, with this many people, there's situations here and you're looking at it and no matter which way you turn and no matter which way you've thought about it and no matter way, which way you flip it, it just doesn't seem like there's any solution for this. It seems like the problem is too established. It's too far gone. It seems like there are no more earthly remedies. And that may be true. But we're not dealing with an earthly savior. We're not dealing with an earthly healer here. We're not depending on earthly medicine here. In that era, there was no cure for tuberculosis at all. It was called back then in different terms consumption because it just consumed the body and the lungs especially, and a person died. There was no remedy for that at all. So to her, she's a broken-hearted woman because 
this is a circumstance, a circumstance that absolutely cannot turn around. And she's standing before the master of circumstances, but she says, and this is the declaration of her faith, every hope is gone, but in you, there's nothing that's too far gone. I think that's a good thing for us to, to declare. I think that's a good thing for us to, uh, to, to say and to confess to God. Brother Bram said it's just like Christians. He said when we pray, gathers like a barricade-like. When you're praying and believing that Jesus, he said Jesus could do no mighty works in his own town before the, uh, because the people didn't believe. That's the only way I can help you, Brother Osborne or anybody else. He says when you have faith in us as the ministers of God and you've got to believe he said, those demons are calling for one another and they scream for one another. He said, pray out there, he said, and see if it's not right. So in other words, God put a healing, made a healing channel available. God's given us access to his power. And he said, there's something about, and the point of this quote here is the first line that I wanted to give you, that when we pray, it's like a barricade that's formed. Uh, you know what? I think our church could use a barricade around it. I think my family could use a barricade around it. I think your family could probably use the same thing. Because there are situations that we face that either we are reacting to something that's happened or we need to be prayed up before something happens. I'll guarantee you when Ruby had her accident, uh, no one, uh, that was a situation where it happened and we pray after the event, right? We pray after the event. And so in a situation like that, you want to be prayed up right? You want to make sure that we commit our family to God every day because you don't know what's going to happen. And Lord, we want to pray that you'd put a barricade or a hedge around about our family, that you'd keep us from the enemy. And if the enemy should strike, that Lord, you will bring that person back to wholeness again, right? So sometimes we're praying for protection, because, not because something's happening, but because we want the, 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 the master to be watching over us no matter what happens to it. And then there are times we pray in reaction to something that has happened. Either way, the right thing to do is to go to God. Let me give you a couple of prayer requests here tonight before we pray. I asked Sister Frida just to summarize a little about Brother Joe's situation. And she said he had a CT scan and it showed problems with his liver. And his blood work shows that he's at stage 3 cirrhosis, which the CT uh, showed there was some hardening of the liver. And she said the test this week will help soon determine what the scope of that is and maybe require more tests. And she said he still has to be concerned with the leukemia that he's worked through because he said the situation that he, she said the situation that he had is chronic, but it's currently, currently in remission. So there's a possibility that these liver issues may be related to uh, the the cancer that he had, and he must stay away then, therefore, from uh, lots of viruses and germs because his autoimmune system has been damaged. And he's had some good days, but many days he gets tired very easy. And she said they miss church a lot, but they stream all the time. And they're very thankful that they have that, uh, that uh, ability to be able to stay connected. We have, and I have a list here, and so if you don't mind, I'm going to go through this list here. I'm glad we have Brother Troy and Sister Connie here tonight. Brother Troy has dealt with uh, a situation where his heart has been hardened over a number of years. And that's a, a physical situation, not a, not a spiritual one. And uh, we want to pray for Brother Troy that they've tested him, they've looked at him, he's gone to specialists, he's gone to lots of different places. 
but still deals with that, and so we want to hold him up in prayer. <clears throat> I have a note here from Brother uh, Smith, and he said that uh, they, he was thankful for uh, the attention that they've been shown and, and so forth, the needs that they have. Excuse me with my voice here. <clears throat> and last year, Sister uh, Mary had uh, rot- rotator cuff surgery on her right shoulder, and recently, because of the pain that she had, they x-rayed it and they found it was, it was completely messed up, is what the word he used there. And so there's only the option of having an operation or physical therapy, one or the other. And so they're just praying about what to do and they don't want to go through surgery again. But um, they're just asking us to pray with them that uh, the Lord will undertake and give her relief. I have an unspoken request here from a family in our assembly who's praying for their children who really need an experience with God, all their adult children. We have another sister here who's praying about her job situation and permanency in that. We have another sister who's here who is asking for two things, personal requests for herself, unspoken, and then a family member as well. We have a family here in the assembly who's going through fair bit of turmoil, and they ask for prayer unspoken uh, tonight for their situation. Brother John Cockman wrote me today, and he said that he has uh, a sinus infection, but he also has sciatica, and it's been very painful for him. Also, Rowan Cockman uh, is going for ear surgery tomorrow, and uh, he asked us to remember him in prayer. Another sister asked for an unspoken request for health, and also for peace in her heart about her job situation and how it's changing and unfolding here. Next on my list is Henry, and he's got a tonsillectomy and an adenoidectomy uh, coming up on December 28th, right? And we want to hold up Henry in prayer that the Lord will touch him and give him complete healing and a quick recovery. We have also have another uh, unspoken request here. Uh, for a family who needs, I will tell you, just really needs a, t- a touch from the Lord. I have another young man here who has migraine headaches, and we want to remember him in prayer. But a Chris Clayville wrote me today, and he said the whole family is not feeling well. That's why they're not here today. Had another sister here who wrote for three things. She said she's looking for spiritual help and direction in her life, physical healing, dealing with some side effects related to medication, and then also financial uh, leadership in her life and hoping to be able to make a living and operate without having to work 80 to 90 hours a week. That's tough. Had another family, uh, had two unspoken requests. Had another brother, had another unspoken request. Sister Amber McCall wrote, and she had a request for her daughter, both her daughters, actually, and then spiritually she also wanted uh, to draw closer to God, which is a good request. We have Brother Johnny Reynolds, and I put Brother Johnny uh, on the list here. He's here tonight, right? He's outside. He's a deacon tonight. And we want to remember Brother Johnny. We appreciate Brother Johnny, and we just I, I, I believe that he's alive today because of the hand of God in his life. And we want to just pray that God will continue to do that. Brother Daniel Martifio is over in Ghana, and uh, going to be there for a couple of months, and I told him we'd be remembering him in prayer. I'm very thankful for the Holy Spirit touching Brother Wayne Coffey, who came through the open heart surgery, did two bypasses. Uh, he's, they've already moved him out of intense cardiac intensive care, and he's doing very well. He's, he's, the, the doctors are amazed, and he's, uh, he's doing really well. 
have another couple that had an unspoken request. <clears throat> I'd like to pray for all of our caregivers in this church. And uh, there's, there's, the caregiving is a real thing. And I, I, I just uh, need to mention to you that I think it's a good thing for us to pray for them. Sister Becky's not here tonight. We want to remember her in prayer. We have another um, uh, sister, Hannah Harwell's not here tonight. And uh, we want to remember her in prayer, expecting her first child. Also tonight, Brother Aaron is here. We're thankful Brother Aaron's here. Had a, an accident today uh, on the way to church and came, came along. He's a, that's the second accident that we had today, a uh, car accident, and uh, where uh, damage was involved. Thankfully, no injuries. But uh, let me tell you, the enemy is fighting hard. That's for sure. We have several other unspoken requests here, and all of them are uh, you know, needs that uh, are real. I'd like to say this, <clears throat> and why don't we stand to our feet here. Sister Anne, if you come and just give us a little background here. Sister Annabelle, Sister Julia, sick tonight. We have viruses that are raging. I don't think we should ever take those things as, well, you know, viruses rage. I was listening to a, a quote somebody sent, uh, sent me the other day. They sent me just a little voice clip of Brother Branham. And Brother Branham said, when those sicknesses come, he said, we should curse them. That's what he said. So we don't just roll over and say, well, you know, it's a season. Yeah, it's a season. But you know what? That's contrary to the promise of God. Sickness doesn't come from God. And so even though it might be the season and it might be more of it, it doesn't mean that we just kind of throw our hands up in the air and say, it's okay. It's not okay. It's something that doesn't come from God. And so <clears throat> I, I think we should uh, stand against those things. And there's, there's certainly uh, people that need to touch and relief from those symptoms and uh, just trusting that God will do that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going <clears throat> we're gonna to just have a, a simple word of prayer and sing only believe, have a word of prayer. Sister Cindy. Really? Okay, didn't know that. <clears throat> Sister uh, Cindy asked for Brother Bill's having eye surgery tomorrow. Is there anybody else that want to? We're going to throw it to the wind here. Sister Connie, real brief. Make it. Sister Connie's had trouble with her hip and uh, bone issues, and we sure want to pray for her. It affects her balance and a number of different things. Ben? Let's remember Emma. Anybody else? Sister Nomsa, we want to remember her. Anybody else? Sister Crystal? Oh, really? We want to remember Sister Grace, for sure. Anybody else? Jeremy? Huh. Bless his heart. All right, we'll remember Isaac, for sure. <clears throat> Anybody else? I will... <clears throat> Sorry? Really? Sister Shirley has really dealt with respiratory issues for a while and been on lots of antibiotics and different things, so you just want to remember her. Sister Chanel, good to have you back tonight. Sister Sherry Holly is a prayer warrior, and I know if she was here she'd, and she was able, she'd be on her knees praying with us and and we certainly want to remember Sister Sherry and uh, trust that the Lord will undertake for her. Whatever need you have, 
Hold it on your heart. Because I believe that God hears it, whether it's spoken out or whether it's presented to him in faith. It's the faith thing that attracts the attention of God. Let's sing Only Believe. All things are possible. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible if we'll only believe. Jesus is here. Brother Aaron, if you'd come here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. All things. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. All things are possible for Jesus is here. Let's bow our heads together. I want you to pray now. This is our prayer time and I want you just to reach out to God in your own way. Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence tonight, what a glorious privilege it is for us to be able to approach the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we can come as simple as we are with a spirit of humility, Lord, and asking you to forgive us of anything that may hinder the moving of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, as I lay my hands on these requests, I think, Lord, of the many people that are represented here on this, these pieces of paper. Lord Jesus, there's a life and there's a sickness and there's a concern. and Lord, there are some serious life-altering things that are going on. We just want to pray a barrier around God's people. We want to pray a hedge around about your saints, Lord. And ask as long as we're in these bodies, in our weakness and our frailty, Lord, in our desire to make good decisions that are pleasing to you, I ask, Lord, that the enemy would move back. We curse these afflictions that come against the people of God. We come against them in the name of Jesus Christ and believe, Lord, that you are able tonight, above and beyond what we could ask or think, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just minister healing to those who need it. Lord, you'd give wisdom to all who seek it. That, Father, you'd give us strength for the journey. Lord, you would use this assembly, Lord Jesus, to affect the, the, the people of of this earth, Lord, and the kingdom of God in this earth as it's manifested, Lord. And I pray that you would give us wisdom and guidance, Lord, and may we never slack in seeking you, Lord, to know exactly what you would have us to do. You've given us great resources. You've given us, Lord, great insight. And Father, we just want to be mindful of that, not to be following what men would think, but Lord, to do exactly what your will is. 
We don't want to be guided by compassion or our own feelings. We don't want to be guided by circumstances. Lord, we don't want to be guided by the opinions of people, but Lord Jesus, we want to pray that you would be the one who leads and guides here. Father, I commit myself, my family, my wife, Lord, into your hands, my father-in-law. And Lord, there's so many other families that are praying for loved ones tonight. And I just ask in the name of Jesus that you would just touch hearts, Lord, and search us tonight. May your Holy Spirit be present, Lord, in every life, in every soul. And Father, we thank you that we can, again, that we can come to you and present our petitions to you, Lord. And sometimes, Lord, we don't even really know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit does. And Lord, we're resting on you tonight. Be with us, Lord, we pray now. We commit these into your hands with confidence. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. For you this evening, Lord. Lord, for you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord David said, when the enemy compassed me about and the dark billows surrounded me, I called upon the name of the Lord. He knew that when he faced the bear, it wasn't because of his experience. It was because of the name of the Lord. When he fought Goliath, it wasn't because of his ability. He knew that it was because of you, Lord. And tonight, Father, we, we, we read all these stories, Father, how we have fought our battles. How, Lord, you fought for us, oh God, throughout the ages. How that your church has survived through the dark ages, through persecution, through, Father, coldness, through sicknesses, through many trials and dangers. Father, you have stood for your people. Lord, we are coming tonight, Father, because we are the people of your book. We are the people of your covenant that you have called by your name. And, Father, we recognize, Lord, that the power, Lord, is surrendering ourselves to you. Lord, for the prophet tells us that if we could surrender ourselves to you, if we could believe, and if we could be sincere when we pray, then, Lord, you said nothing shall stand in the way, not even cancer shall stand in the way. Father, we are claiming our healing tonight. We are claiming, Father, the rights of our redemption. We are, we are claiming the promises that are given in the Bible because they are paid for by you, Lord. Father, we know even when the enemy would sink the boat and the, and the disciples were crying out and saying, Master, care not that we perish. Lord, you stood up and you said, Peace, be still. Tonight, Father, may you still, Father, may you still the troubled waters of our life, the prayer requests that have been presented tonight. Lord Jesus Christ, we rebuke the enemy. We curse the devil. We curse for these sicknesses, these viruses. For there is no name, Lord, above your name. There is not even COVID, no cancer, no sickness. Lord, you are mighty to save and you are mighty to deliver. Father, you said unto Jehoshaphat, stand still and see the hand of the Lord. For Lord, you said the battle is not yours, but the battle is of the Lord. Tonight, the battle is not with our pastor. The battle is not with the deacons the trustees of this church. The, deck, the, the battle is not with the parents, uh, Father, but the battle is with you. More precious Holy Spirit, uh, will you come down tonight uh, and Father, just help and deliver your people. Lord, for we know that when the enemy comes like a flood, uh, you raise a standard against him. Uh, even Lord, when the terrorists come uh, to attack your people, Father, you have stood for your, for your children. Uh, through the Holocaust, uh, you have stood with Israel. Through the danger,
challenges, uh, through many problems, multiple problems that we read throughout history. You have already, you have always been with your people. Tonight, Father, we know, Lord God, that you are still the same. For you said there shall be a day that shall not be clear, no night, but it shall be one day that shall be known unto the Lord that at the evening time it shall be light and the path of glory we will surely find. Lord, you say that the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. Tonight, Father, we are claiming the benefits of your healing. Father, for you gave us a prophet and you said he shall take the gift of divine healing unto all the world because you knew, Father, that in this day the sickness will be on the rampage. Demons will be on the rampage in Laodicea. But, Father, you have never left us without a weakness. Father, you have never left us for you are Jehovah Jireh. Lord, when we come, Father, before the Red Sea, Lord, you are able to part the waters for us. You are the same God tonight. I will thank you, Father, because, Lord, you are still the same. Lord, your children are raising their hands. They are accepting, Father, that you have done it for us. Lord, we are praying, believing within our hearts that you have done it already. Lord, that's why we sing the song. It's already done. It's already done. Lord, you came to Daniel and you said from the day that you set your mind to pray an answer was given but the prince of Persia the prince of Persia was holding the answer tonight father we are rebuking the princes of this world for lord we know that we wrestle not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and dominion and powers of this dark world well we thank you lord god for you said look unto me the ends of the earth and be saved. Lord, when the world is perishing, is in corruption, where, Father, there is political power and demon power and all these things coming upon the earth, Lord, we thank you because you have given us a Goshen. You have given us a light. Lord, for your people, when there was darkness in Egypt, your people, they were in Goshen. We thank you tonight. We remember Brother Keith Buchanan. Lord, may you touch his body. Father, we want to remember Brother Drum. We want to remember all these prayer requests that have been given. We want to remember Henry Coffey. Lord, we want to remember Sister Emma. We want to remember each and every one of these. Father, we might not know them, each and every one of them by our minds, but Lord, we know that you said even your very hair is numbered. Lord, for sickness does not come from sure, for it comes from the pits of hell. And tonight, Lord, we are calling unto you, Father, and we are saying house of hell, let loose and let God's people go freely. We thank you, Father. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this prayer meeting. We thank you for the burden and the inspiration that you have given our pastor. Lord, it was not his thoughts, but it was you calling us to a feast with you. Lord, we bind the mamba on this highway. Lord, the poison arrows of the enemy, may they, Lord God, disappear. May Jehovah rise and all his enemies be scattered. How we thank you, Father. We commit our hearts to you tonight. Be with us, Father, and may you continue your Lord to anoint our hearts that the burden and the spirit of prayer may be with us Lord for Lord God you said my house shall be called the house of prayer we thank you we commit all this request into your hands in Jesus Christ's name we pray amen Jesus let's sing that little chorus it's already done all right Mitchell come on and lead us in a little singing here this evening here Brother Keith asked if we could pray for him and lay hands on him tonight, so I'd like to do that. Brother Troy, if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind if you come and we'd lay hands on you as well. And I'm going to open this up if anybody would like to have hands laid on them. 
let's, let's do that. You don't need to be at some big convention somewhere to have a prayer line. You can do it right here on a Wednesday night. You know what? Just a handful of people. Give me 10 brothers that are full of the Holy Ghost and come on up here and uh, let's pray together. Aaron, if you join me here. So if you, if you want to have prayer, come on over on this side over here and we'll just work you through, the, uh, through here. Anybody at all, for any reason, if you'd like to have prayer. Now it's already done It's already done The battle is over The victory is won It's already done else tonight like to have hands laid on them.
victory is won. Thank you, brothers. It's already done. And I'm already here. Yes, I'm already you, Lord, free to believe and free to accept the provisions that you have made for us. And we claim that tonight. Father, have your way. And as we, Lord, maneuver through these last days of time in a very narrow path, in very dark times, we know, Lord Jesus, you said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. And we're counting on that. We know, Lord, there's no incurables for you. We know, Lord Jesus, there's no circumstance too great for thee. There are no hopeless cases when it comes to God. And we believe that tonight. So we're entrusting the people into your hands, Lord. May they take this spirit of prayer, Lord, and may they take it home to their own closet and spend that time alone with you, Lord. That they might see victory in their lives. And Lord, they might overcome. Lord, they might have a, a, a step of joy in their path, Lord, I pray. We commit their needs of people facing surgeries and procedures tomorrow, Lord. We just ask that your presence be with them. We thank you, Lord, for bringing Brother Wayne Coffee through and, Lord, touching him so so definitely, Lord. And may you just give him complete recovery, we pray. Bless his dear wife and family. We ask your blessing upon all of them. We love you, Lord Jesus, with all of our heart. And we're so thankful, Lord, that we can gather in a place and just pray and reach out to you. Have your way, Lord, we pray. Have your way. In Jesus Christ's name. I say, have your way. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's been good for us to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And uh, <clears throat> we appreciate you being here tonight. If you want to linger a little bit in his presence, you're certainly well welcome to do that tonight. <clears throat> but as we depart tonight, let's sing that little chorus. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Key of F. Let me see that. Mitchell, if you can help us out here. God bless you as you sing this tonight. We'll look forward to seeing you in the weekend. So give thanks, thanks. with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Jesus Christ is so uh...